0: We are priests on duty. Priests on duty. So get your Bibles out and First uh, Peter chapter 2 real quick. First Peter chapter 2. I'm going to do the best I can with this oversized thing I got on. And so First Peter chapter 2. Um, back in uh, what was it, Bible stories, um, you know, just was, was preaching a message. We did a book of the Bible and uh, going verse by verse, line by line. And just a message came called priest on duty. And even during the message, I just said, PODs, you know. And we're not, we're not, you know, we're not, you know, POVs, priest on vacation. We're PODs, priest on duty. And, and it was just, it was a, you know, he, he filled me, he built me, he sends me. Remember, so. And, uh, and maybe that audience isn't here anymore. I don't know. <laughs> and, and so we did this entire thing. And man, it's just the Holy Spirit just kept growing in it. How many, how many know? I believe the Holy Spirit kind of has a crock pot. Right in your heart, and just things begin to simmer, and just really begin to uh, just really saturate your spirit. And I, re- I believe we're going to spend two weeks on priest on duty. Then we're going to do Legacy Weekend, and then we're going to go into Advent season. And we're doing a series called Advent uh, for our church as we go into the Christmas season. So here's what First Peter uh, chapter two says. And please take notes, man. Uh, write it on paper. Do uh, iPhones, Androids. Do whatever you can. Uh, write it on your arm. All right. Write it somewhere but I believe this message can really change uh, every local church. So put away all malice, deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and slander. There we go. I'm done, right? That's a good word, right? Put away all those things. But like newborn infants who long for spiritual milk, that by it you may grow up into salvation. Tell your neighbor, grow up. All right, grow up. I, I I pictured a wife. You already told your husband that this morning, huh? Grow up, right? Grow up. If indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good, come on, somebody. Indeed, you have tasted the Lord is good. When I eat a uh, crumble sugar cookie, I taste that the Lord is good. Amen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. And you have come to Him, a living stone rejected by men, but in the sight of God chosen and precious, chosen. Impresses the world may reject us, right? But God chose us, God chose us. And but you yourselves, like living stones, are being built up. We're being built up every single day. We're being built up by God's word, by, by prayer, by the Holy Spirit, by one another, by being in or in a small group, or, or what you know, being here on a Sunday morning, watching online. We're being built up to be a holy priesthood. Say, priesthood, a holy. Priesthood. We are holy, and we are priests to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Let's pray over this message, dear Heavenly Father. Thank you. I thank you for your Word, God. I thank you. Your Word is living, it's active, it's powerful. The Father, I thank you. Your Word is—it's more than a history book, Father. It's more than just words on a paper. But the Father, Your Word is for us today, for 2022. The Father, I thank you for what you're going to do uh, during these next two weeks. But I also thank you for legacy, and I thank you for the Advent season. The Holy Spirit, I pray you begin to do a work inside of this church, inside of every single individual, through every online audience member, for those that are going to, going to come to Avenue. The Father, I thank you also for the extra hour of sleep, and I pray the Chicago Bears win. In Jesus' name, everybody say yes. Amen. My prayers don't work. Okay. And so, uh, the title of my message today, title of my message today is, if you are taking notes, is Frame It Differently. Frame it differently. Frame it differently. And and the reason why I want to title this message, Frame It Differently, because PODs really have a POV, right? They really do have a point of view. There really is a point of view to a priest on duty. And, and and so for many of us this might be a good reminder message, but I pray this encourages us, this challenges us as we prepare for legacy, as we prepare for Advent season, as we prepare for 2023 in Jesus' name. And, but we frame it differently. And, and a lot of times when I think of a priest, right, I think of this, I think of this guy, right. Uh, I think of the priest with the collar. Uh, I, I you know I even think of you know for for many of us this is childhood right here, <laughs> you know like you or maybe maybe this is this is this. This is your vibe, and this is your thing, and, and I think it's wonderful. I love traditions. I love, like, honestly, I would love a church with stained glass windows. Can I have that? I mean, I think I would be just beautiful, and, and, and a lot of times, this is what we think when I say, you're a priest. We go, ha silly pastor. That's a priest. I'm not a priest. That's a that's a priest. I mean, that's someone that I go and and, and listen to, and he tells me what's in God's word. Or this is someone that I go and, and I confess to, right? Like right here, where you're like, you're like, Father, forgive me for I have sinned. You know, and I, and you know what a good priest is? The one that has a good filter, like he can't really see you. You know, like. Um, but this is and this is great. I think this is wonderful. I think this is a. The Bible says if you confess your sins to one another. God is faithful and just to heal us, right? God will always forgive us, but as we confess, right, God begins to heal us. But I want to take it a step further for a lot of our mindsets. I want us to frame it differently, that yes, it's this, and this is great. This could also happen in a context of small groups. This happens in the context of a, a great uh, spiritual accountability, right? A good accountability, a good peers. It's not, I failed, and they go, I failed, and they go, well, let's fail together. You know, like, like, no, like, let's get healthy together. That is a framing mentality, but I want us to take it from here, all right, and I want us to take it to here. I want this to be between me and Jesus, but now, I'm going to confess to one another, and we're going to do that, but I want us to frame it differently and to say, I'm going to fix my eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfector of my faith, because this changes, right? If I do this, I go, Father, forgive me. I have sinned. I'm, I'm terrible. I've done wrong. But if we do this, we go, Father, I thank you that, uh, that I'm your masterpiece, that I was fearfully and wonderfully made. God, I thank you. Father, help me change. And then God's going, go to church, you know, like, right? And God's going, go into a small group, like, like there's a great community for uh, people who love you, but they don't get me, you know, and, but we have to frame it differently. We have to frame it differently. Many of us will look at this picture, and some of us, we look at one side and we'll go, My day is terrible. What a terrible day. I just, how are you? Good. Fine. You know, you're like, Your face doesn't tell me you're fine. You know, like on Sunday mornings, we, we speak Christianese, but I can still see your heart. You know, like, how are you? God is good. All the time. But then there's some people, you're like, good Lord, is everything a holiday? Is every day happy, Pastor Jeremy? You know, like, like what in the world are you? But it's all about how we frame it. It's all about how we frame it. Because I'm telling you, we can choose to look here, but for some reason, life's a little different when we frame it here. That we have to frame it differently. I want us to reframe it want us to reframe it. The the definition uh, to reframe says this. It says, reframing is seeing the current situation from a different perspective, from a different perspective. Sometimes this is the only perspective we see, right? And we need to reframe it. We need to say, how can I see it from a different perspective? Will you hold the frame so that I can see? We need to reframe it. We need to change our perspective. I wish I, could, I wish I could put a mirror inside of this, because for many of us in this life, because we're all sinners saved by grace, for many of us, this is just a mirror. And this is all I see. This is all I care about. This is all I'm going to do. I mean, I'm going to wake up, but it's, about, it's just about me. It's not about anybody else. It's just about me. This is my mirror, and this is my reflection. But I'm wondering was what would happen if we change our perspective? And we reframe the things that we're seeing. See, it could tremendously help in a problem-solving, decision-making, and learning. See, what's so powerful about this is that when we reframe it, we don't see things. We don't see things the way they are. We see them the way we are. We see them. We see them the way we are. We've got to see things differently. We got to see things differently. Even when I came up here for worship, right? Like, come on, faith comes by hearing And we got, what if today, instead of a mirror, we begin to see maybe God's up to something. Maybe God's going to do something different in my life. See, we don't see things the way they are. We see them the way that we are. And uh, working with an awkward screen, just going to leave that right there, all right? But our perspective is not the result of what's in front of us. It's the result of what's inside of us. It's the result of in what's inside of us. That's why there's so many people that are like, it's all rainbows and sunshine, right? Because it's what's inside of them. It's what's inside of them. Yeah. It's, it's, it's inside of them. Now, I, there's so many are, uh, avenues I can go with this, right? Like they're just saying it, but really it's storm, stormy seas inside their heart. But we have to reframe it differently. So there's uh, what, four things I want us to reframe today, if you're taking notes. The first thing is I want us to reframe our mind we got to reframe our mind. we got to reframe how we think. And trust me, hear me. Hear me just like, like I'm a pastor and I love Jesus and I have devotionals and, and, and I read God's word and I'm in my rooted book and all those things. But I still have to reframe my mind. Every single day. Romans chapter 12, verse 2. It says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. It didn't say be transformed by your actions. Be, be transformed by the things you say and by the things you do. It says be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you, can, you may discern what's the will of God. What is good, what's acceptable, what is, what is, what is, what is perfect. I need to transform by reframing my mind, by renewing my mind, because reframing is a process of choosing to look at life through the lens of Scripture. What if we decided to look at life instead of what I see it, but how God sees it? And many times we go, I don't know how God sees it. It's right there in, your, in, your, in that textbook called the Bible. That how does God see this for my life today? You know what I love is, really, if I were to have Pastor Jeremy Bosman's version of the Bible, right, it wouldn't say, do not be conformed by the world, but be transformed by the." It would really say by the reframing of your mind. Because really to transform is another word for refrain. I'm going to say something powerful, and I'll probably say it over and over and over again in these next two weeks, is that you, you are the priest on duty. You Of the priest on duty. It is you. You're the priest on duty. When you're sitting here today, you're priest on duty. When you get in your car, you're priest on duty. When you go in your home, you're not you're not the home version, and this is the church version. No, you're you're the priest on duty. You're a priest on duty at your workplace. You're you're a priest on duty in your relationships. You're you're a priest on duty. Every single place you are, you are the priest on duty. Amen. You're the priest on duty. I mean, you're the priest on duty. Do you know Jesus? Yeah. (laughs) At the club, everywhere you're at. No. You are a priest. You're a priest on duty. You're a priest on duty. Now, I want us to take this into a perspective where Many times we say okay there, you 're the priest i 'm not the priest now okay pastor jeremy i 'm realizing i 'm the priest and, and i 'm reframing it so it 's going to be me and Jesus, me and my small group, me and my church, me some some really healthy community. but I want us to take this from that yes yes he 's the priest in that chair, but what if you stepped out and you became the priest in this chair? What if you mentally placed yourself in his role because uh, he or she, yes, they're priests and pastors and ministers and apostles and, and, and wonderful people, but, also, but you're also a pastor, a priest, apostle, according to God's word. What if you said, I am the priest on duty? Every single place you go, you're a priest. Jesus says this, and this is what Jesus said. Jesus came and he said to them, all authority in heaven and earth, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me go therefore so jesus said hey guys listen all authority has been given to me so now i'm going to send you you're not just a priest but you have a duty so go therefore make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the father the son and the holy spirit teaching them to observe all that i have commanded you and behold i am with you so not only am i sending you but i'm with you but not only am i with you i'm giving you all authority And so instead of saying, you know, uh, uh, Father, forgive me for I have sinned, I want us to take it to the next step and to know that though we walk in the flesh, we're not waging war according to the flesh. Though the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds, friends, we destroy arguments in every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God. We take every thought captive to obey Christ, being ready to punish every disobedience when your obedience is. Is complete what in the world does this mean what does this mean you're a priest with authority Friends we're priests with authority I heard this this week like like being a victim be, uh, complaining complaining is the language of the defeated right but being a victim means you can't change. Guess what? I'm a priest and I have authority. I have authority to call down strongholds. I have authority to rebuke the devil. I have authority to say, hey, I'm tempted right now, but no temptation has seized me except what is common to man. God is faithful. There's always a way out. You have authority. You have authority to say, in Jesus' name, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. You have authority. They cast down strongholds and and opinions and lofty arguments. We have authority because we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but we wrestle against those strongholds. And Jesus said, all authority has been given to me. There's no vote. There's no like devil wins one, God wins one. No, God won it all. And so we want to reframe our mind. But also I want to take it a step further, right? So we're not just like, (laughs) your boss is like, I need you to work an hour later. I'll rebuke you in Jesus' name, you know. I want us to take it a step further. Genesis 50-20, this is Genesis 50-20 vision. So when things happen in my life, I choose to put on 50-20 vision. This is what it says. As for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good. I'm going to reframe it differently. I'm going to reframe it differently to bring about why. Why is this happening? To bring about many people to be kept alive. That maybe your story, if you reframe it, instead of saying, God, why? Maybe God's gonna say, hey, I'm gonna use it to change others. That your story is now a testimony that, hey, whatever's going on, whatever's happening, my God is too good, and my God is too great. For him to just allow me to be defeated, for him to just allow me to be a victim, for him just to allow me to, to man, just to live in the mud and the muck and the mire and to be completely defeated. My God is too good to allow the enemy to win, amen? So we gotta reframe it differently because you can't control what happens to you, but you can control how you frame it. We can control how we frame it. Now, it doesn't mean we, we um, speak it away, right? Like, I have, I have hearing aids in this ear. I'm deaf in this ear, I'm hearing aid in this ear. I'm 60% deaf on this side, and we're hearing aids. I don't, you know, speak it away. I don't say, I can hear. I literally go, I'm sorry, I can't hear. You know, so sorry if I forget your name, if I don't hear you, because I, I can't hear. Someday God's going to heal me. But it doesn't mean I don't speak it away. It doesn't mean I ignore it, you know, like. Like, yes, let's, uh, like literally we, <laughs> I don't know where this is coming from, but we were, we were dating. I was just getting to know Pastor Lindsay's family. And their parents had a pool and we were swimming. And they said, let's play Marco Polo. And, and I, I was literally, okay. And so I don't wear hearing aids in the pool. And so I did a bad job. It was super awkward. I was like, Marco. <laughs> I was like, I can't hear a sound. I don't know where it's coming from, you know. But here's Romans 8. 827, and he who searches hearts knows what is in the mind of the Spirit. I'm a a P.O.D. I'm reframing my mind because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. And we know for those who love God, all things work together for good. Work together for good. Point number one is I want you to reframe your mind. But point number two, can we reframe our work? Is that okay? Let's reframe our work. First Peter chapter two verse five. It says, "You yourselves, like living stones, are being built up." as a spiritual house. We love this, right? Yes. Amen. Come on, somebody. Yes. You know, like, like I'm getting purified. I'm getting holy. I'm being built up. Thank you, Jesus. Like I went to church today. You know, I could do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I'm feeling good, right? I'm a holy priesthood. And then it says this, to offer spiritual sacrifices. I'm good. It's Let's just stop right there, you know. I'm not there yet. I'm, I'm, I'm on a faith journey, and I'm just not ready to offer nothing. <laughs> but we have to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. I love what this commentary says. Oh, uh, uh, Hey, I love what this commentary says. It says, it appears, in fact, that every act. Do you hear that? Every act of the Spirit-filled man or woman can be reckoned as a spiritual sacrifice. Every single thing that you do is now becomes a spiritual sacrifice. For you waking up on Sunday morning, coming here to church, spiritual sacrifice. For you going to work on Monday with a smile on your face, I hate this job, you're a spiritual sacrifice. For you reaching out to somebody and say, guess what? This is a spiritual sacrifice. Mamas, for you waking your children up and they look at you with that cuss face and you go, spiritual sacrifice i tell you what, it's a spiritual sacrifice. Every single thing that we do, we have to reframe our mind, and when we reframe our mind, we reframe our work. Yet every single thing I do is a spiritual sacrifice, and in the sense in which it is a sacrifice that is devoted to God, it is acceptable to God, and it, of course, does not atone. So I'm not just doing these things so I can get to heaven. I'm doing these things because I love Jesus. I love Jesus. I love him as my Lord and my Savior. The anti-type of atoning sacrifice is to be sought not here, but in the sacrifice of Christ. Without spiritual sacrifices would not be acceptable. Because Jesus died on the cross and paid for what I did. I'm not saved by works, but I'm saved for good works. I'm saved... To be, to have a, to be, to give a, to give, I'm trying to say correct English, but maybe it's that extra hour of sleep that got me really fired up. But it's for me to be able to give a spiritual sacrifice. But why in the world do we work? We work so we can have money, right? And so I want us to reframe not just our work, but let's reframe our money, We gotta reframe our money. We gotta be smart with our money too. We gotta, yes, we gotta save up. Yes, we gotta have health insurance and life insurance and stocks and bonds and all those other things. If you know what that means, come talk to me after service, you know? like, Like, those are great things to have. But man, what if we reframed our money as well? What if we changed the perspective of what our money can do? See, a lot of us sometimes we. Yeah, for this is what First Timothy chapter six: for those who desire to be rich, fall into temptation. And that's gonna happen, man. If I work some overtime, then we can go on a bigger vacation. Or you know, if I if I do this, then then we can go over here. What's that doing? A lot of times, it's this, and this is okay because we just did an entire series on healthy humans. Right? And we need to have self-care. And and, and in order for us to surrender ourselves to Jesus, we first have to have a self to surrender. Right? but but This is what I love. Right? But if we fall into temptation. It's a snare into many senseless and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. You want ruin and destruction? Yes, it could be so severe where where people are just gone and they're just like hashtag hustle entrepreneurial, you know, like YouTube famous, TikTok famous. Yes, that could be one side of things, but for many of us, the, the desire and the temptation to, to have things and to do things can cause us to ruin and destruction by not making a difference. We're just not making a difference. We're just not making a difference. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evils. But it didn't say. It doesn't say for money is the root of evil. For the love of money. I want us to reframe money. If some of you, it's like it is evil for the pastor to talk about money. Let's reframe it to say, what if my money can make an impact? What if my money can be a spiritual sacrifice? That can reach hundreds and thousands and millions of people for Jesus Christ. What if my money can make a difference? And it says this from Matthew chapter 6. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth. Where moth and rust destroy and interest rates obliterate, you know. Like don't, don't, you know, where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys, where thieves do not break in and steal. For your treasure is, there, your heart will be also. Can we reframe money? And what if, man, I love this. What if money was a tool to spread the gospel, then a treasure that will rust on earth? I've never seen a U-Haul truck follow a hearse. Right? But what if our money could leave a legacy not just at the avenue, but man, in the city, through all the different partnerships that we have. Because Philippians chapter 4, it says, I have received full payment. This is, this is Paul. And more. I am well supplied, having received from, uh, from a, 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 oh man, I try to say this word, Aphroditus. Aphroditus. Did I say that right, Pastor Lindsay? Aphrodite. 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 <laughs> and the gifts you sent, a fragrant offering, a sacrifice acceptable. Pleasing to God, and my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches and glory in Christ. Amen. I want to say one last thing on reframing your money. What if, because a lot of us, we don't do this, we don't do this. I mean, we're literally just like, it's me and money. I got to have money because we, I, didn't, I didn't have it. I got to have money to make sure I'm secure, and, and trust me, I, I'm not saying just live poor, and that, that's not what the Bible says. But I wonder in, in our pursuit for controlling or having that, we're actually handcuffing the blessings of God. And, and I wonder, because I really believe that you cannot outgive God. That when you say, here's my spiritual sacrifice, and sacrifice means that it does hurt a little bit, right? It is a tithe, not a tip. But when I give my spiritual sacrifice, my God will supply every need according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. So I want us to reframe our mind, reframe our work, reframe our money, but also just reframe our ministry. Let's reframe our ministry. i got to look at the time here. Reframe our ministry. Matthew chapter 5 says, you are light of the world, a city on a hill that cannot be hidden. Can we be a city on a hill that cannot be hidden? Is that right? And then it says this. Is this the Luxor? No, it's, it's Avenue Church. It is Jesus Christ. People don't light a lamp and put it under a basket, but they put it on a stand. It gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works. Friends, I'm here to share with you today, you have a public ministry, and faith is not private. Faith is not private. Nowhere in the Bible does it say, keep your faith at home. Nowhere in the Bible does it say, I want you don't you dare talk about the gospel at work. I'm here to tell you my faith is my faith is very public. You you have a ministry. You have a ministry. Your ministry might be Capital One, you know, where you work at. Your ministry might be Taco Bell, you know, wherever you're working at, your ministry, your ministry, you have a ministry. Whoever is in contact with you, and I heard a great quote years ago. Right, preach the gospel. If necessary, use words. Meaning by our light, by our life, we are light. In First Peter chapter two, it says, "You are a chosen race, you're a royal priesthood, you're a holy nation, you're people of His own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of Him." So I'm gonna give you a POD challenge today. You guys ready for a challenge? All right, double dog dare you, all right? Here's a POD challenge. I want you to tell your story to someone and invite them to church. Tell them your story and invite them to church. Now I would love for this to be Avenue Church, but if you work on the other side of town and maybe there's a church that's life-giving closer to where they live, they'll have a greater chance of going to, to church. Okay? Yeah. But, man, if you're like, I'll pick you up and we'll drive the 45 minutes like most of you do or the 30 minutes or the 10 minutes or across the street, I want you to invite them to church, but I want you to tell your story. Tell your story of what your life was like before Christ. Tell your story of how you received Christ and tell how your story is, is on a spiritual journey with Christ. I want you to tell somebody your story. You don't need to know all the, like Like John 3:16 says, I got to look it up, you know, like, like, you don't need to be a theologian to share your story. Just share your story. Your story is probably one of the most powerful tools that God has given you. It's your story. It's your story. And it doesn't have to be complete either. Like, like I found Jesus, now I'm holy and perfect. I found Jesus, but guess what? I'm, I'm, I'm getting healed. I'm on a spiritual journey. I'm on a spiritual journey. Friends, you are a priest on duty, you have a ministry. So let's reframe our mind, let's reframe our work, let's reframe our money, let's reframe our ministry. I really want you to define this week what's your ministry? What is your ministry? Is it your family? It should. It should be. Is it your where you work? Man, sometimes the, the things that bother you the most is your ministry. <laughs> You go to this place and go, why is everyone so stinking upset, angry, and moody, and mean at this workplace? It drives me crazy. And maybe God's saying, man, maybe it's time for you to be the contagious one. Maybe it's time for you to be light in a very dark place. And friends, it's not going to happen on one day or one week. It's going to take months. But it's ministry. It's ministry. And so reframe our mind, reframe our work, reframe our ministry, but also I want us to reframe our church. I want us to reframe our church. You know, um, someone someone surprised us and blew us out of the water and sent us to uh, Mexico, to, to, to Los Cabos. And there was like a like an inclusive resort type deal, and you got the wristbands on, and I mean, people are all day are coming up to you. I mean, wherever you're at, right? I mean, it's like on the beach, in the, in the pool, in the hallway, people are going, is there anything I can get you? Can I get you anything? You know? And I was like, no, leave me alone, you know? Like, this is weird. Like, I'm in hospitality, you know? Like, can I get you anything, you know? And it was just like this all day. And finally, kind of towards the end of the week, we're like, yes, can you, can you give me, <laughs> you know, grape juice, you know? Or can you give me cranberry juice? And, 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 and it just became a wonderful experience, but also connecting with those that are serving. And, and that's just who we are. We literally took a group photo with all those that worked there, you know? But I, but I did see others at that place that weren't as kind. Others that were like, hey, hey, come here excuse me, yeah, this is what I want, right? Or you brought me the wrong thing, and just this, like, like, just angry about it, you know, like. It really began to dawn on me, I wonder, are we reframing church wrong? Are we, are we coming to church and saying, hey, God, yo, hey, I chose violence today, huh? Is that extra hour of sleep? I don't know. Or hey, hey, come on Jesus, hey. I hate people who whistle. We need to reframe our church, not just Avenue, the local church. The church is not a restaurant and God isn't your waiter. Church is a restaurant and God isn't your waiter. Can I tell you though, I'm so grateful that we don't come to Avenue and just you know, receive what the Bible says, like just milk, but we receive God's word. I Man, we're built up, not just by Pastor Jeremy up here, by Pastor Lindsey, by Lorenzo, by his word, what his word says, but we've got to reframe I truly believe if if I've truly believed that we 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 will see revival in our city when every single one of us gets just sick and tired of just of doing the same old, same old. When every single one of us say, you know what, I'm gonna reframe it. And I have a ministry. I am a priest on duty. You know, years and years ago. A group of guys got together and they said man we're really we're really tired of hearing about shipwrecks and people drowning at sea so these guys got together and, and they bought a boat and so when they got when they purchased this boat they said okay we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna make sure we're always on standby and so and so then this group built a, just a little just a little shack just a little like a little type of house just they've just built it wasn't cute mean no furniture no nothing and, and then they built this dock where the boat could just slide right into the sea during those stormy nights and then they started saving people started saving boats that were broken down at sea started saving people that were drowning and man they they started getting well known these this group so well known that other people were like, sign me up. I wanna I wanna rescue and help people. And and so they they joined this group and they became like the life, like, like, like lifeboats. And so as they began to do that, their popularity grew and more and more people wanted to help, more and more boats got added on and and then one day, you know, someone said, you know what, this is kind of, you know, when we rescue people, they need to come into a better environment. Like, this is just wood and walls and there's no insulation. And, and so they said, let's, let's fix this up. And so they started to fix it up. And then they started adding furniture. And then it kind of became the place we go to. And let's just hang out and lounge and, until there is a crisis. Or let's just hang out and make it comfortable. One day, there was a major storm, and, and so all the boats went out, started pulling people out of the water. And, this was, and there, was a, uh, there was particular boats that, uh, of people that came from different countries that were sailing into the region. And, and so there was language barriers and, and cultural barriers, but they still saved them. And when they pulled them in and they got them to the house, they began to realize these people are going to make our furniture dirty. So instantly, they built showers outside. So when people came in, they could get a nice warm shower. They gave them new clothes, and, and so that kind of became the thing. And then finally one day, they said, I, we, you know what? I, I like what we have here. This is kind of like our life-saving club. And so they decided to do a vote, to say, let's do a vote. We've done so much investment, money, and time into our nice little you know, uh, you know, club. And let's do a vote, and the vote is, let's make this just a club, and then we're gonna build another one. Another life-saving, uh, you know, hut or house. And so they did a vote, and some voted, no, let's, the, let's keep this the life-saving unit, but they got outvoted. And, and little by little, this thing eventually became a yacht club. Just a yacht club. And so what happens is they made the beautiful yacht club exclusive. Members only. Only come and buy your nice boat and just have this, and and this is the history of a yacht club. And it said the history began to repeat itself. So they stayed, they, they 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 became the first yacht club, and then when they built the other life saving house, eventually that got popular. Eventually they added furniture. Eventually they did a vote and say, okay, we've we've arrived, we made it, and so now we're going to be a yacht club and we'll build another life saving one. And there was only, and what began to take. Places as people were lying in their comfort sitting and enjoying one another in their yacht club they had more deaths in sea than they ever had before so here's the problem we need to reframe it to say i have a ministry right but man i gotta reframe our church we're not a yacht club my friends we're a life-saving church we're gonna go to the highways and the byways we're going to do whatever it takes, short of sin, to find, to find people, to pull people. And I love this quote. Some want to live within the sound of church or chapel bell. I want to run a rescue shop within a yard of hell. That's what I want to do. Because I'm a P-O-D. Can I just say, I am so grateful that we are a church on mission. So will you stand with me, please? I'm gonna confess some things over our church today. But man, I pray, my prayer is that we reframe our mind today. And it it's, 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 yes, This is there's a time for this. But I want us to reframe our mind today. I want you to reframe your work. I want you to reframe your money. But I want you to reframe your ministry. And here's the last thing I wanna read. is according to Romans chapter 12, just for time's sake, I'm not gonna read through Romans. But according to Romans chapter 12, verse nine through 16, this is what we are as a church. If we're gonna reframe our church, this is what we do. As a church, we love people. According to Romans chapter 12, we love all people. We love, even if there's any type of barriers, even if there's any type of uh, you know, uh, differences, we, we love people. We, guess what, as a POD, we outdo one another as a POD. We serve uh, strangers. We we serve those who try to serve us. We, we always outdo one another. How many know we're not lazy? PODs are not lazy. You just can't be lazy when you're on mission. We're just not lazy. We're passionately serving God as a POD. I love Jesus. It is not easy, but I'm passionate about it. David said in Psalm 51, restore to me the joy of my salvation. Don't let me become a yacht club. Let me have the lifeboat saving mentality. Man, I have Joy and patience in the tough times, in the good times. How many know through tough times we're more grateful in the good times? I have joy and patience because I am a POD. I'm a prayer warrior. I'm gonna pray. I'm gonna ask God. I'm gonna intercede. I'm gonna pray for my brother, for my sister. I'm gonna. I'm gonna pray. I'm. I'm crazy generous. Oh my goodness, you haven't met anybody as generous as me. I'm crazy generous of my time, of my money my investments I am generous I will laugh and cry with people in their seasons Romans 12 says we, la- we, we rejoice but then we mourn I will mourn with you I'll cry with you my heart will break with you not because I'm forcing tears but because I have empathy and compassion i may a P-O-D. I live united man I'm going to populate heaven and I'm going to plunder hell today I'm going to populate heaven I'm going to plunge your health today. And so Romans chapter 12, verse 1, as I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable by God, which is your spiritual worship. Keep our heads, close your eyes for just a second. When you, when you choose today to not be conformed by the world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind when you choose to reframe when you frame it differently and say God today reframe my mind Jesus reframe what I do Monday through Friday father reframe my money father I pray reframe my, my ministry but also reframe how I see the church. And when we do that, we are presenting our bodies as a living sacrifice. Because friends, what they call sacrifice, PODs call it worship. What they call sacrifice, PODs call it worship. Oh, you're going there again? The church wants you to do what? Church wants you to give what? That's pretty sacrificial. That's not sacrifice. It's my worship. My worship unto God. So we got. You guys bow your hands. We've you just raised your hands if you say, Jesus, thank you that you want me to be a priest on duty. Jesus, thank you that you want me to be a priest on duty. So let's sing Build Your Church just for a second. In Jesus' name, thank you
1: your church
0: build I want you to love the Holy Spirit church, to reframe your mind
1: build your church build it from the ground to your heart it's your church build your church build your church build it from the ground up It's your church build your church build your church build it from the ground up your church build your church Build your church, build it from the ground up. We are your church. We are your church. Come and build us. Come and build us. Build your church. Build your church. Build it from the ground up. It's your church. Build your church. Build your church. Build it from the ground. ground up. It's your church. Build your church. Build your church. Build it from the ground up. We're your church. Build your church. Build your church.
0: Eye closed, maybe you're here today. And just out of curiosity, how me would raise your hand and say, Hey, I'm a P.O.D. me would do that today. I'm a POD. Just put a hand up that you. Just I'm a POD. I'm a priest on duty. You put your hands down. Maybe you're here today. Never head but of eye closed. And maybe you've been framing that wrongly. Maybe you been, haven't been looking through the lens of scripture. Maybe you've been looking through the lens of a painful experience. Or maybe the lens of what somebody told you that was incorrect. Or even the lens of those strongholds we were talking about. Principalities in darkness that just wanna attack and, and pull you down to a place to saying you're not good enough, or God doesn't love you. Or maybe you're in this room today, and you say, I know God loves me. I don't believe I have a purpose, or love, or or hope, or healing in my life. I would love to just help you to pray a prayer. Now just allow Jesus in your heart, and when he comes into our heart, not only gonna change our hearts, he's gonna renew our mind. He's going to heal us. It's unexplainable, but it's biblical. And what he can do in a second can can, can take us years and years and years. But he can do a miracle in your life right now. So I want us to pray a prayer. But if that's you today, I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to single you out. I just want you to put a hand up. Say, that's me. That's me, Pastor. That's me, I see it, I see it. I see it, anyone else? Just put a hand up, it's okay. Yes, I see it. I see it over there. I see it. I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of you. It's amazing. So every single person in this house, every POD, I want you to say this prayer. Say, dear Jesus, say thank you for paying for what I did. Say thank you for dying on the cross. Say, I repent of my sins. Say, be Lord of my life. Come on, everyone lift your voice, say The best way you know how, I'm going to live for you. Say, I now know who I am. I'm a POD. I am saved. I'm redeemed. I'm a child of God.